0: Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little, uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we would like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate Live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 Live. There in we go. Person. Boom. Yes. That is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com We've drank Bullfinch's beer before Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening at Bullfinch You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other (laughs) All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. So, Michael. We were recently yes.
2: talking about the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special with our friend yes. Casey from the Super Pod Hero cast. Uh, yeah. And of course, uh, I mentioned that one of my favorite moments was also one of the like, most surprising, like really caught me off guard because I, I would never have expected this. Uh, when Drax fights a man in a Gobots costume and saying something about like Gobots killed his entire family, or yeah. Like that. So <laughs> so
1: random, and I loved it. First of all,
2: does that mean the challenge of the Gobots is now MCU canon?
1: I, I mean, I think that means that everything GoBots related is a hundred percent MCU canon. Thank you, James Gunn. He, he, he like lit that fire and then ran off to DC and was like, good luck, motherfuckers.
2: I, I love it so much. Uh, I mean, there was a, 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 like, so several years back when I was living in Oakland and, uh, went to Cape and Cow comics, shout out to Eitan, runs a fucking great shop there. If you're in the Oakland area, uh, go support him. Awesome dude. Uh, Marvel and Hanna-Barbera did a run of uh, of comics. I think it, it had to have been Marvel, I guess. I don't remember at this point. Uh, but one of the big two and Hanna-Barbera did a run of comics that were, like, resurrecting old Hanna-Barbera properties in new and interesting ways. So there was a Scooby-Doo one that was, like, post-apocalyptic, like, zombie monsters. There was a, like... Uh, Wacky Racers that was full-on, like, Mad Max style. There was a, like, hyper-realistic, like, Flintstones... And there was GoBots, and I got really yeah. stoked about that. And so after seeing that moment in Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, uh, I was telling you and Casey about how when I was a child, and you, I think, both remember this as well, uh, Wendy's did a promotion for the, the uh, 1986 season uh, with GoBots toys. And uh, my family, we were going... To to Wendy's on a fairly regular base. That was kind of our our one uh like fast food thing that that we would do. Cause my dad liked Wendy's. Sure. So like if there was a time that he didn't have time or didn't want to cook or was just craving a fucking biggie fries, I don't know, uh junior bacon cheeseburger <laughs> or something, like we would go to Wendy's. And this is one of the only times in my childhood that I was ever able to like collect the kids meal toys. Like we either typically didn't go often enough or like just went at like really random times or like I wasn't able to get... Like there was various reasons. It doesn't matter why. But I got all but one And we missed that last one by, like, a day. Like, it was the second to last because we went and they were already on to a new one and they just didn't have any more of the other one. They just, like, there wasn't any to be found. They couldn't help this heartbroken little five-year-old who was having a meltdown about something completely unrelated. But it manifested because he really wanted this toy. Um, Fast forward to now. And Casey found and sent me the one Gobots toy that I was missing. And mind you, I I don't have the others anymore, but somehow my life still feels (laughs) complete and at peace. Absolutely complete because of this. As I now have the powwow from the Wendy's 1986 kids meal, go bots, happy meal toys.
1: (laughs) That is such an insanely, like (laughs) Casey messaged me and was like, what, what's the address? I'm going to, I'm going to send for you this thing. And I was like, do it like let's go and <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so off uh, sent you that thing and i was like that's brilliant so it's i gave him your address so we could it just showed up you. at the,
2: the perfect time on the perfect serendipitous moment in my life and it's like everything everything is at peace and full of joy <laughs> and love
1: today <laughs> It was <laughs> a perfect, well-rounded out moment. It was that's 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 a Christmas miracle if I've ever heard of it, one.
2: It really was. It really was. So shout out to to Casey for just really, really making my week uh, and making 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 baby buckets happy. Uh, <laughs> finally,
1: baby buckets. I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah,
2: but uh, on, on a more serious note, um, we I think it was just last week we were talking about uh, Willow. Yeah.
1: Yes. And
2: so um, earlier this week, uh, Ellen and I, we watched the movie, Ellen for the first time, me uh, re-watching for the first time since we were kids. Uh, And I got to tell you, I did not expect, especially like realizing again that uh, Lucas was involved in this, because you know how I feel about the Star Wars franchise. Uh, I did not expect that film to hold up from 1988 to now. But holy shit. It was like you know with some some exceptions made for cheesiness because it was an 80s fantasy film. Uh it really fucking holds up and was really fun and It really does. Like, it feels still still felt magical. It felt magical, it felt like whimsical, it felt like a big adventure and I I loved that like it it really bucked a lot of the the trends of uh the fantasy genre especially at that time where like you know, Val Kilmer was not the hero, uh, and like the the women were the powerful figures, and yeah. like it's just it was so great. I loved, 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 loved it. Uh, so it was very, and exciting. even the minority
1: of of a little person yeah. being the hero too, which was also yeah. very unheard of yeah. in in that in the eighties. That would have, I mean, that is you know completely different story nowadays. Like, uh, I think only slightly, but well,
2: you know, a lot of a lot of hero's journey type elements that were uh, that that were like really well done in this context. I loved it. Uh so we started watching the series. Um there's three episodes available as of right now and uh next one comes out this week. Uh we only got through two last night but I love it. It it just it feels so well done as like a an imme- like an immediate follow on like they do have to give you a little bit of feeding of like Stock footage from the film, just to remind you, like, hey, remember sure. those things we did. But then they jump right into the story, and it makes sense. And they carry on that sense of like, you know, the the women in this universe are like, they're they're powerful, they're respected. Uh, the the Nelwyn, the the little people that uh, Willow is a, a part of. Uh, Also still have a a very big role and it's, it's fun. It's lighthearted. There's a sense of gravitas to it as all good fantasy needs, but I just, I don't know. I I really, really enjoy it. So that's, uh, that's my, my quick follow on.
1: Are you on episode? You, you're all three episodes that are currently available as of recording this episode.
2: We've only watched the first two, so we haven't and we haven't watched episode three okay. yet.
1: Well, so spoilers uh, for the Willow series. If you haven't watched it, this is your spoiler warning. Come back in like five minutes. <coughs> but um, I think that the character of Cough. Alora Dannon and the main character, you've got three you've got three lead <coughs> women characters. You've got the the warrior girl, mm-hmm. the daughter of Sorsha mm-hmm. and Mad Mardigan, and Alora Dannon. I think you don't need all three of them. I think the warrior character and Alora Dannon should have been the same character. I it's just was it was just like so weird. It was like you're building up this warrior character. You've got Sorsha's daughter, who's a good warrior, and then you just throw in this like you, you relegated her to a to like a servant girl, but she's the most powerful being in the world. Like it just was. I was like, this feels poorly written. I uh, with that part. Understand
2: why you say that, but I completely disagree, and I think yeah? that they're setting us up for something really interesting. Um either in a big reveal with the Alora Dannon character or a total flip-flop that like the prophecy didn't matter. It was the way that people responded to the prophecy that, that have, because Alora Dannon like in the original film was supposed to be this powerful child that would destroy evil queen, Babmora. Uh, yeah. and so it's the queen's, it's the, the, the queen's, Belief in and reaction to the prophecy that sets off the chain of events that leads to her downfall, uh, which is often the case in prophecy stories, that it's not actually the the subject of the prophecy who does anything important to bring about the you know end of evil. It is the evil reacting to and we saw that in fucking the potter franchise uh it was the the exact same idea which i think jk just stole most of her shit uh yeah you know, I, nothing original about that story
1: yeah uh but uh i mean let's so, be real the, the racism was pretty uh, uh, uh <laughs> oh, <laughs> rough um
2: choking it's uh whoo, <laughs> uh but Alora Dannon is a baby throughout the entire film and does yeah. nothing and yet somehow brings about, in quotes, the end of Queen bevmorda Great. Okay. Uh, but now we have this prophecy that like an even greater evil is gonna return and somehow Alora Dannon is part of it. But will she be? I mean, they they d- went so far as to like hide her away and like not tell her who she is, and so she grows up thinking she's someone completely different. And like that's something we learn about like pretty early in the first episode. So that's I mean, not it's really like a major the first
1: twenty minutes
2: of the yeah. first episode. It's <laughs> yeah. not really a major spoiler, uh, but it sets up I think a really interesting storyline for her because she now has to either go through like a major hero's journey and like try to come out the other end. A great sorcerer, uh, ostensibly like what happened with Willow, though I think we're seeing more and more that, like, Willow's journey has a bit more showmanship and a bit less sorcery uh, than it's been implied, uh, which I like. Um, Or she's going to have a completely different story, and it's just going to be, again, people's belief in the prophecy about her that spurs them all on. Meanwhile, Kit and Jade I am here for. I shipped them from the I first love, moment they yeah. were on screen together. and so
1: that's that's what I'm saying because I as soon as as soon as we see Kit and Jade, I'm like, oh, got it. One of them is a Laura Dannon. And then when they reveal it's this the the other girl, I was like, why why? Like why wouldn't it be Jade? I don't understand. Like I the whole movie I I was like, "Oh, Kit, she, you know, uh Sorsha and Mad Martigan take in um Alora Dan and they raise her as though she is their own child and say like, "No, this is our kid. This isn't Alora Dannon, the the prophetic, you know, uh, uh person or whatever." But and they like, never oh, cool. been able to get but-
2: away with that though. There would have been way right. too much scrutiny for them to suddenly have another child when everyone knows that they brought a child with them. So but they the had to is, go is away. Like, like a Lord Danden had to, quote unquote, go away, but they had to keep her close enough to keep an eye on her. So,
1: which is why it should have been Jade. <laughs> Because it's like, then that's what they do. They keep her super close and not throw her in the kitchen like Cinderella, some servant girl. I just, that's where I'm like, it's too many characters. You could have made them one character. But Uh, but the thing is, Kit is the same age as Allura (laughs) Dannon. So um, like- I mean, She's, they're, they're, I mean give like, or take a year or two. They're like a year or two younger, at
2: least. I, like, like, potentially as much as four years. Uh, yeah, because this this whole story is supposed to have taken place roughly twenty years after the original, which means Alora Dannon is twenty twenty one ish. Uh, yeah, but the kids kit and Eric would be younger than the, Alora Laura Yeah. It was named after Mad Mardigan's friend, the soldier. I loved that. That was a very sweet yep. moment. Uh, they're like mid to late teens. They are not, yeah. they are not adults yet. So there's enough of a gap there. So again, that would be obvious. And you want their friends to be like in their peer group and whatnot. But even like Alora has a scene where like she reveals, like nobody put her in the kitchens she found like a thing that she loved to do that, like she loved it. Yeah. Gave like made her feel like she had a purpose and whatnot. So like she worked her way to that and discovered, like, hey, I can do this and I'm really fucking good at it. So I liked that. They didn't make her a servant girl. Like she kind of found a place that that she fit while they kept her close. But I still think that the whole thing is going to uh be a bit more complicated than it seems on the surface now. Uh and I also like I'm a sucker for like a fellowship, You know, they, they, it seems yeah. like, oh, they've I got mean, this huge literary, party yeah. that's traveling together, but like that creates a, a lot of opportunity for like interesting tension and for your know, moments of whimsy and for big grand adventures. Or if they have to split, then you have like these smaller groups that they can split into in yeah. various combinations that can be either hilarious or dramatic uh, or whatever. So I like it. I'm here for it. Uh, Flash Thompson being the, uh, the prince yeah, love that, and the uh, the guy who, like you know we get a little bit of you know Mad Martigan's backstory after the film and why Val Kilmer isn't in this series. Uh, but uh, well, we, I
1: mean, aside from the real life things, of Val Kilmer is very sick and he can't act anymore. I like, did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, he has, like, MS or something. Okay. Like, he has some very serious illness, so, like, he can't act anymore, like, what? at all. So, that's another reason why he is not in the series. It's very sad that he can't be in the series. I
2: mean, that that makes it even more poignant, I guess. Like, I appreciate how they've written uh, the character uh, Borman. Yeah, Borman. Borman. Uh, yep. To kind of give us an homage to the character that was Mad Mardigan without val Kemmer being able to be there and now knowing that val Kemmer literally couldn't be and it wasn't just like a conflict or like nah i don't want to fucking do that shit anymore uh um, yeah but i like, couldn't be there that makes it even more special that they like you you start out thinking like oh mad martigan just pieced out because that's who mad martigan is but then you learn that no like, no he was on this, on like this a mission. journey and like yeah it, like assuming mad martigan is dead which we don't really know but assuming he's dead he you know he died heroically and like Cool, like that's a good ending for that character. That we got to know in the movie. So so far, two episodes in,
1: I'm loving it,
2: and I think you're wrong.
1: <laughs> Talk to me after you watch the third episode. Uh, I, I need to make a correction. Val Kilmer ended up with throat cancer uh, okay. and had a tracheotomy and can no longer speak. God, gotcha, so, that... or has limited speech at least. That sucks. Um, I, like I know. Val which Kimmer. which going into this, uh, going into the series, knowing that I was like, okay, so obviously they're gonna kill the Mad Mardigan character off. Like mm-hmm. he he would have just died, you know, a couple of years ago, or for some reason or something. Yeah. But then when they were like, oh, no, he was off on this quest, I was like, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, like, he's the character still alive in the series, I mean, that we think of so far. And I was like, very interesting. What are they going to do with that? So, you could
2: also (laughs) recast him in a way that shows, like, he's older now. So, like, you could get someone who looks like an older Val Kilmer. Uh, Also, like, Borman was kind of a a wild card at first because, like, Looking at him like you know they've got him locked away in the dungeon for vague reasons, but like uh Sorcha still goes and like hangs out and talks to him, and they have this whole notion of like I'll pardon your crimes, and like Mad Martigan ran off in quotes, and like all these things. I'm like, wait a second, are they playing that that's like actually Mad Martigan, and he like did something to like get himself banished, but like she can't bring her like bring herself to like actually get rid of him, and like right the actor kind of looks a little bit like what they were trying to make Val Kilmer look like in the 80s. And like, I don't know what we're doing here, but like, it's not. And I appreciate that. So uh, I am really intrigued to see. So like, there's going to be eight episodes, I think, uh, according to IMDb. So uh, I have six episodes to go uh, and I am here for this ride.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm still, you know, I'm still down for for obviously I will watch the whole series because Warwick Davis is amazing. Yes. Still like yes. he still pulls off Willow so incredibly well, especially after episode 3, there's there's a revelation in episode 3 that like I think, really makes me be like, cool. Tell me everything about that. Yes. <laughs> I want the next six episodes or the next five episodes to be about that because that's really fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see after you watch episode three. Um, but it's good. Yeah. So uh, Willow, good. I'm glad that you guys uh, finally got around to watching that because it it is a uh, it the first two episodes uh, really pleased me, and after episode three, I, I'm still in. I I have some questions, uh, but I'm still very much into the series. So. <laughs> Well, so the next, next
2: time we talk, it should be at least four episodes down. So um Yeah. So we'll have a we'll, lot to catch up on. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. This is now a Willow
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, this is a Willow after show. We really should've really missing out um so uh so you've probably noticed that i have red and green lights today i have Uh, for those of you watching on youtube uh for those of you not uh hey all of our thursday episodes are are uh you know entertainment episodes are available on youtube youtube.com slash at night shift mg you can watch us on youtube subscribe brand new episodes every thursday um yeah uh plug uh but yeah because it's Christmas in a couple of days. Uh, so uh, Christmas is, is coming up this uh, this weekend. Um, for those of you that celebrate Hanukkah, it just started a couple of days ago, or this past Sunday, so uh, happy Hanukkah. Um, uh, but uh, for those in, you know, for whatever else you celebrate, happy that holiday. And if you don't celebrate anything, Good for you. Hey. Good for you. I'm uh, I am uh, happy that you don't get sucked into this neocapitalist society.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> just hope you're you're making it through the dark months with whatever finds you joy.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, so it's Christmas. We have a Christmas movie coming up uh, that we're watching called A Merry Friggin' Christmas, which is available on Hulu, and it stars uh, Robin Williams and Joel McHale. So if you're the type of person that watches the movies before we review them, that's where it is. But I just went and saw a Christmas movie uh, at a special screening just the other day.
2: Oh, tell me more.
1: I went and saw uh the binge too oh, it's a wonderful binge miss yes. i went to the uh syracuse premiere of yes. it uh hung out with our good friend jordan Van vandina who was the writer and director for this one and he wrote the original binge love it um uh yeah so i got to hang out with with uh jordan and watch his movie this is his directorial debut um Crazy. I mean, if you if you watched the first binge movie, oh yes, uh, and uh, and you enjoyed everything that uh, had to that with with like you know the the uh, the drug humor and just the pure insanity, you are going to absolutely love it's a wonderful binge miss because it is that dialed up to like eleven. I it am is, very
2: excited for this movie.
1: It is all. I mean, everything is in it. It is like absolutely crazy uh you know a lot of returning characters um a few added characters uh which is which is really awesome uh, uh Danny Trejo is in it Tim yes. Meadows is in it uh yeah it's it, it is it is crazy, but I think it's a very good it was a very good sequel. Uh so very excited to have shared that experience. Um with with that. They did a double feature. They showed the binge and then uh afterwards they showed uh It's a wonderful binge, uh, and they did um a Q&A with uh Jordan Van Dyna Neat. and the producer, the director of the first one, Jeremy Garelick. Nate. Yeah. Oh, which is uh a- which is pretty cool it was really great the the uh the after sh- you know the Q a was great there was a lot of really great questions you know one of the the very valid questions is why was Skyler uh, galando not in the second one he was he plays Griffin in the first film mm-hmm. um you know and it was just they he was just busy he was shooting uh the Royal gemstone so he couldn't uh, make it to this one uh it just schedules didn't line up but if there's a binge three, uh he is ready to go nice uh, (laughs) for that one uh but yeah but dexter darden and eduardo uh uh, franco come back for this episode and they're the main character this uh, movie and they're the main characters for it excellent
2: excellent yeah i I cannot wait to see it we uh we saw that pop up on on the tv the other day and we're like yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty good i uh i had a good time you know it's seeing movies with an audience, you know, especially a comedy movie like that is, is really great because you are, you laugh harder than you would just oh, by yeah. like sitting at home. Oh yeah, um, for sure. You know, I mean, obviously this is a Hulu original, so it's not like it's in theaters. Like you can't just go to the theaters instead, right? Like you are stuck watching it at home with, you know, your, uh, your unit, uh, your family unit. <laughs> um, but, uh, But yeah, like it it reminded me how comedies like that work really well in a theater setting because, like, I definitely laughed at things I wouldn't have laughed at, but just because other people were laughing, you I know? Mean, I'm not saying nothing that they weren't funny, but it was just one of those things where I just would have been like, oh, that's cute. Instead, I was like, oh, my God, I was laughing, like, out loud. It's just because it was the vibe of the audience.
2: I have found that, like, some of the 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 dumbest movies are so much better shared because that laughter is infectious and those moments that would just be like, eh, whatever. Like, one person laughs, you are know, like, fuck, okay, yeah, that is funny. Or like the other person's reaction is funny and that like feeds it. And like, it's just, it's a really good energy. And I love the idea of doing a, a local premiere for the film.
1: Yeah. I love that. Uh, it was great. They did, an, they did an LA premiere and then they did a Syracuse premiere uh, shortly after I, you know, so that's a, a really great example. We were just talking about this. Napoleon Dynamite is that movie for me. Mm. I went and saw that on a press screening um, uh, one where it was like the special, you know, the press pass ones. And I went and saw that and I remember leaving that movie being like, holy shit, that was really funny. And then I watched it again and I was like, wait a minute, this actually isn't that funny. It's not. Like, it's just stupid. And I was like, weird, because I remember laughing so hard in the theater for that movie. I remember like thinking it was so funny it's, and it's just, it's weird that like, you know, watching it again, I was like, ah, but it was because everyone in the theater was laughing. Like everybody
2: was in on the joke. Basically all told me how hilarious that movie was and how I just had to see it and how it was the greatest thing. And of course, you know, uh, as was the, the trend, everybody was just constantly quoting it and like referencing oh, it. Yeah. And like, I finally watched it. and I'm like, I hate myself for watching this. This removed joy from my life. I, it you still, know what like anytime I think about it, it still removes joy from my life.
1: <laughs> you know, I I know that this <laughs> I know that this is just me being kind of a grump, but I felt the same way about Borat. Okay, where everybody was like, "Oh my god, Borat!" Like blah blah blah. And even though there is some very funny moments in Borat, and it's there's some really good social commentary. When I watched Borat, I was like. All of the parts that you are quoting are the worst parts of the movie. Yeah. Like, every time somebody quotes a part of the movie, I'm like, that's the worst part of the movie you're quoting. Like, that's the dumbest part of the movie. Like, that's not even the good parts of this movie. That's fair. You know, where everyone's like, my wife. Yeah. And, you know, like, all the same. Like, those aren't even the funniest jokes. Like, <laughs> like I didn't understand. I uh, but I think that is just me being a, an elitist snob. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't
2: think I ever actually watched Borat, like I of course knew all the, the references because of sure. know, the, the trailers and because of people re- like quoting it, but I don't think I ever actually sat and watched it. I am a fan of Sasha Baron Cohen and the, yep. the characters that, that he plays
1: uh, and like his comedy style but I don't think that I ever actually watched it. So the the funny parts of Borat are when he he does the like talk to the people, mm-hmm. like and tricks people into being stupid or racist or something like that. Like that's the funny parts of the thing is because like haha people are stupid, but like all of the jokey jokes in them in between where he's the Borat character and like talking about I'm like. Yeah, I get it, but like that's not funny to me. That the part weren't weren't as funny. I mean, it's still funny, but it's not. They just weren't the funniest parts to me or the cleverest parts for me. I
2: think that's got to be what it is too, because like I I was familiar with the Ali G show um, before yeah. Borat or or any of his other characters uh, got their own movies, uh, and there's one specific episode that I still remember and still think about. It, it lives rent free in my head, or uh, he gets a bunch of experts on technology and on computers on the internet and whatnot a bunch of like curmudgeonly old men in a room and starts talking about technology now uh, what is it good for uh, how can we use it and it just like <laughs> fucks with them
1: and, i love like, that that's the funny they, stuff because he's clever
2: they like either are really good at going along with a bit or more believably have no fucking clue what's going on and are actually getting angry at this guy <laughs> i
1: love it I, so so i love that kind of humor and i discovering this because i don't know if you've seen they were very popular on tiktok just recently um but there's this uh it's a character that i forgot what the the woman's real name is but the character is philomena kunk um (laughs) and she does um she'll like she does like a like a historical show okay but she's super funny um because she just like makes jokes so she'll say like Uh, like one of the ones she was like, Well, you know, well, it's the the Soviet onion and he's like, No, I think you mean the Soviet Union. She's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's onion. (laughs) Um it's it's those things, but like she's she's interviewing like real Pete, like real historians. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's one where she says, like, you know, where she's talking about Jesus and she's like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh pictures of of Jesus as a baby or Jesus on the cross, but we never really get anything in between. I really think it's a missed opportunity to have the baby on the cross. Like (laughs) just <laughs> really funny so philomena kunk it's a bbc show where she talks about history and stuff like that it is absolutely hilarious but it's that same sort of thing because she's interviewing the straight man type people that are like what is going on right now and she's like no i think you're wrong and they're it, like uh <laughs> it's
2: the reason that between two ferns works at all it, uh, exactly like, it's
1: exactly that
2: yep the episode where he interviews Barack Obama <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just goes I, right
1: for it. And Barack's like, I I'm going to burn this motherfucker. <laughs> and he does. I, My favorite, my favorite uh, one of this. And I always talk about this one is the one with Paul Rudd. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, he says like, you know, do you think you've been such a big success because you've, you've hid your, your Jewness? And he was like, well, what? You know, Paul Rudd's like, I didn't hide my Judas. He's like, well, you're not, you're not a practicing Jew. And he's like, you're right. I'm not a practicing Jew. I've mastered it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the most brilliant line. <laughs> and I love that line. And I love that so much. Uh, but yeah, so Philomena Kunk, uh, is, uh, is an interviewer for like current affairs, Um, but she was on a regular, she was on a show called Charlie Brooker's weekly wipe, uh, which was like a, like a daily show type show. Um, and then, uh, she has like, she has these like, uh, mockumentaries, but the, the actress name is Diane Morgan. That's the comedian that plays, uh, Philomena kunk and it's kunk on Britain is the most recent ones. Um, so you'd have to check that out. It's, Absolutely. I mean, I'm I mean, telling you like pinnacle of comedy for if, me.
2: If you're watching this on, on YouTube, as you should be with all of our uh, bonus episodes, um, yeah. a, a very, very quick uh, Google search revealed to me that there's a shit ton of uh, Philomena Kunk videos on YouTube. So like once you're Great. done watching this, you don't even have to leave the website you're on uh, to enjoy this.
1: And since we wrote, I'm going to write Philomena Kunk into the description, you'll probably get a suggestion for her videos over on the right-hand side or, you know, down below if you're on mobile. Uh, So like, it's just going to be right there. It's just going to be an easy click. This is going to be great for you. (laughs) Uh, I'm very happy for you because we made it it just a, a lot less work for you. And that's exciting.
2: You're welcome. Merry Christmas.
1: We, we love this journey for you. Yes, mm. Merry Christmas. Merry friggin' Christmas. Merry friggin' Christmas. So that's it. We got a brand new episode this coming Sunday. It's the last episode, uh, the last movie review of the year. We'll have one more episode before the year's out. That'll be uh, next Thursday. Uh, that'll be our last episode of the year. Uh, but this is our last movie review of the year. Again, a Merry Friggin' Christmas stars Robin Williams on Hulu. So if you are the person that watches before we review, there it is. Go for it and watch it and then catch our brand new episode. On Sunday, Hey, the way to do that, hit subscribe on your podcast player of choice. For those of you watching on YouTube, hop over to your favorite podcast player, Apple, Spotify, Google, or whatever. Type in the Never Heard of It podcast. Even though there were like three other Never Heard of It podcasts, we outlived all of those motherfuckers. So we done did Standing it. alone on top of the pile. <laughs> we, we just beat them out of... Uh- <laughs> out of just sheer uh force tenacity. of will <laughs> just tenacity <laughs> uh exactly uh so check us out over there hit subscribe hit subscribe on here you know the drill hey thanks a lot for listening and watching everyone we super appreciate it and as always make sure to share with one hundred thousand of your closest borats <laughs> i don't know that was the one that came to mind make sure to share it with my wife <laughs> uh, with my wife <laughs> do also share it with your wives that's that's important they should they should be involved in the things that you uh, find joy in it's, it's important for a healthy relationship it's true yeah <laughs> all right thanks a lot for joining and we will see you on sunday